Hello, friends. It's your old pal, Ariel Hawani, back with another edition of DC and Hawani. And of course, this week, my friends, we got a lot to talk about coming off of UFC 257. Poirier's big win over McGregor. Where did they go from here? Michael Chandler's debut. So much going on. So let's not waste a ton of time. But first, I do have to tell you about my main man, Stephen A. Smith. You know, last week on his brand new ESPN Plus show, Stephen A's World, he spoke to Connor and Dustin before UFC 257. That's right. Stephen A. Smith himself got these big time interviews and he's got this new show on ESPN Plus, the platform that Chell and I built called Stephen A's World, where he goes beyond the headlines to unlock a unique world of hot takes and one of a kind segments. Also, can't miss interviews. So stream all of this and more on his new show, Stephen A's World, exclusively on ESPN Plus. You can sign up right now at ESPNplus.com. Also, I want to let you know about Jalen Jacoby. I've told you about them before. Great podcast. They've got a fun show each and every day where they break down all the latest in the world of sports. So if you want to check that out, you can download and subscribe to their show wherever you get your podcasts. Leave them a review as well and just tell them the no sent you. All right, on to today's program. And a reminder, listener discretion is advised. Enjoy. Now making their way to the microphone, DC and Helwani. They go, well, we don't really have fried chicken. <laughs> so the menu says whenever, whatever. So you know what they did? Let me talk to the chef. Came back with fried chicken. Here's Daniel Cormier and Ariel Helwani. Back in your life on this Monday, January 25th, 2021. Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to a brand new edition of DC and Hawani presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. That's DC, Daniel Cormier. I'm Hawani, Ariel Hawani, and DC, my man, I have to say, mia culpa, my bad. I underestimated you. You just flew home from Abu Dhabi, 15-hour flight. Then you got on a plane and flew from Las Vegas to San Jose. I didn't think you'd make it in time for the show, but here you are on time, ready to go. I'm sorry for doubting you. I will never question your commitment to the show ever again. Bro, like the great Kevin Gates says from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, I don't get tired. Like, I mean, we Southern boys are just built a little different. You know, we work, we grind. And when you're obligated to be somewhere, you show up. And that's what I do. I showed up, you know, and, you know, you got to pay the cost. You know, you got to pay the cost. Listen, let me just say it. No, listen, you just got to pay the cost to be what? The boss. What do you have to pay the cost to be? The boss. You got to pay the cost to be the boss. It is what it is. You know, I pay the cost to travel, to grind, just whatever, to be the boss. Uh, apropos on this uh, community manager appreciation day, a manager is usually <laughs> a boss. Uh, you could probably use an Irish coffee on this day because today is national irish coffee day i don't know if you knew that i have and no way i i i, I, DC, I, I wanted to put you in bubble wrap i wanted to put you in bubble wrap apropos because today is national bubble wrap appreciation day i wanted to make sure that you would make it uh but in the end you didn't need it and it's amazing that you're actually here but truth be told how tired are you right now because i see the eyes like the eyes are like at 30 percent right now. how tired are you be honest i'm not tired i don't so i don't sleep very much on the plane you know i i, I just kind of sit up I was up and I was like, I was like up. I watched the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the great Tom Brady going to another uh, Super Bowl. Um, and then I thought, do I take melatonin? Do I take a sleeping pill? 
Then I said, or I could just wait to watch the Buffalo Bills lay, put on a snoozer Stop it. against the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, and that's exactly what I did. And the sleep that I got was during the AFC championship game, you know, because who wants to see a game where one team is definitely going to win? And I slept through that. I'm unfazed by these shots. I'm very proud of my team. We will be back. Uh, we, we had a tremendous year, a tremendous run, one game further than your sad sack Saints. So I'm very... Uh, I'm very proud of them, but of course but we're, we're getting not Matthew here. Stafford, so I'm good. Yeah, we sure. Got, enjoy we got another that. Another great yeah. quarterback, so we're good. Enjoy six and uh, six and uh, whatever. Never. We'll be we'll six never and be ten. Six um, okay, we have a lot to discuss, DC. Oh, yes, I we, mean, holy smokes! Yes, let's get there. Can we we get have a lot there. to discuss, my friends. Okay, Saturday night, UFC 257, Eddie Hat Arena, the final of the three shows this past week on Fight Island, the big one. Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier two, and we found out on Saturday. That, you know, Dustin Poirier says 25 minutes to make life fair. He only needed seven and a half because he exacted revenge. He wins via TKO. First TKO slash KO loss of Conor McGregor's career. What a fight. What a moment. What a scene. There's so much to discuss here. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. First things first. You're going to set the stage? Please. I'm going to set the stage. Please set the stage. Fight starts very early on. Takedown. Dustin Poirier. Chael Sonnen told me on Saturday on my radio show, he needs takedowns early in order to set the tone, but that's not part of Dustin Poirier's arsenal. Connor gets up to his credit, but then clinch work, clinch work, clinch work. Were you surprised that Poirier started the fight like that and landed the takedown and was able to keep him in the clinch as long as he did? It was almost half the, the first round. So I, you know, I spoke to Dustin before we left oh. and takedowns was a part of what he was going to try to do at least give him a different layer of mixed martial arts to think about. And takedown was nice. It, it wasn't traditional, right? Connor can defend traditional takedowns. Dustin went to a double leg, right? Head on the, his head off to the right, double leg. Try. Usually you will drive that guy off to the left, right? You'll try to get an angle and drive to the left. But Connor now is well-versed at stuffing the head, floating the position. So instead, Dustin goes double leg, head on the opposite side. But with his left foot, he trips Connor. In a wrestling match? This will not work, but because of all the different things you got to worry about in the fight, the punches, the kicks, Connor was taking punches up top. That's what Dustin Poirier does. I'm not worried too much about the wrestling. Dustin tricked him. It was crazy. But once they got up and they were standing, I wasn't necessarily surprised because Dustin Poirier's bigger. And you could see it from the moment they were in the octagon. Connor got his weight down to make lightweight this time. His legs look big, but his upper body didn't look as big. And Dustin Poirier fills out overnight like not many lightweights in the world can. Uh, I'm told Dustin weighed around 177 mm -hmm. on fight night. So they weighed in, obviously, at 155. He looked to be bigger. Connor got up. I thought he won the first round. I yes. thought he landed the bigger shots. There were opportunities where it seemed like he may have even landed really clean shots that could have hurt Dustin Poirier. Poirier said he was taking pictures, as they say in the boxing world, where he was admiring his work. But I thought that that was actually the turning point before we even get to the leg kicks. I thought Dustin Poirier, once he felt that power Bro, and was I able to absorb it, he was like, I, I'm good, yeah. right? I Confidence said it on there. I was like, the moment he felt one clean and he didn't fall down, he was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I can take this. And, you know, there's there's a lot said about Connor's punching power, and it has proven to be very jarring. But that's two people now that have told me that. Habib told me on Fight Island. He goes, you know, he hits hard. But he goes, nothing ever hit me. And I went, wow. 
He said, that's why I was continuing to kind of press him the way that I did, because nothing made me go, oh, my God, this guy hit so hard. And Dustin felt the power, but when he didn't go down, because remember, it only took one the first time. So once he took a clean shot right on the chin, you can almost see the confidence grow. And then we saw the calf kicks. And we've seen this in, in some big fights. Michael Chandler actually was a victim to calf kicks against Brent Primus, Henry Cejudo as well yeah. in the past. And we've seen what it could do to the leg. It turns the leg almost dead. And then I was really interested in the fact that in between the first and second round, I don't know if you caught this, Connor didn't use the stool. And so no, I thought, okay, maybe the calf kicks aren't bothering him as much. You know, he wants to stand. He's in, he's in good shape, all that stuff. But then come the second round, it was very clear early on that that leg, that lead leg was in trouble. Could he have done or what should he have done differently in order to stop taking so much damage to that leg? So first off, you can't miss the check right hook of Dustin Poirier, right? In the first round, he landed like two of them. Then one he missed very very close, and he went to Connor. He like kind of mm -hmm. pointed at him, like, "Hey, yep. you better you. be careful." That was the same punch he's hurt Max Holloway with. Same punch he hurt Justin Gaethje with. He throws this beautiful check right hook, and I've said it. Dustin is a right-handed guy, so when he's punching you with his jab and with that hook, he's hitting you with his power hand. This thing has just become so good that it's almost viewed as his main weapon. The reality is, this is this guy's dominant hand. So when he's throwing that right hook and he lands it, it's buzzing, guys. And he hit Connor with one, and then he threw another one. He barely missed him, and he told him, hey, you know, this is one you got to watch for. Now, as we get to the leg kicks, the leg kicks become available because they're both southpaws, right? They're both southpaws. Mm -hmm. When I'm fighting as a conventional fighter, 75 80% of the time, the guy in front of me, is going to be fighting me as a conventional fighter. You don't see as many southpaw guys. Luke Rockhold was a problem because he was a southpaw. He could jam the body kick. He threw a left hook. John Jones gave me a lot of problems because he was a southpaw. So he's constantly just kicking me in the body. It opened the window. But what that does eliminate is those outside leg kicks. That's why when Jones and I fought, he never threw outside kicks. It was always kicks inside or kicks to the body. You can't throw those kicks because you can't get your foot to wrap around the outside. But the moment your split stance, Conventional, conventional, southpaw, southpaw. Now you you can throw outside kicks and you can throw leg kicks. Since this whole low leg kick thing started, Conor McGregor's been gone. Mm. He only fought Donald in that mm. time. Back in 2016 when he was very active, people weren't throwing that as much. It's a thing that started, you know, recently, and it's become more prevalent in mixed martial arts. And he never fights southpaws. Mm. So nobody's really throwing those kicks at him like that. And he just looked like he had never seen it and had never really dealt with it before. What he can try to do is check it. But the reality is when you're checking him, unless you can get your shin turned completely into that kick, it's still going to hit you on the front to the outside of your shin. And it just deads it. It kills all the nerves in the outside of your leg. But look at Paul Felder, right? When Paul Felder fought Dan Hooker, he got kicked like that a lot. And it just damaged his leg. But he was able to get through it because it's something he's dealt with being around the fight game fighting consistently, and he has felt him in training and in the fights. And I just think that the time away where Connor didn't see this new technique really did hurt him. So I want to ask you about potentially switching stances. But before I ask you about that, I do want to bring something up and clear the air about something. Last week, I interviewed John Kavanaugh, Connor's head coach. And in the midst of that interview, Kavanaugh said something to the effect of, we trained a lot of orthodox for this fight. And obviously that's mm. a big deal because Connor's not an orthodox fighter, but then that would make it, you know, 
Orthodox that, versus Southpaw. Yes. And in that interview, he goes, oh, wait, 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 uh, cut that out, cut that out. It was a pre-taped interview like we do now on, on Zoom. And I said, okay, fine. Afterwards, he was like, no, 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 I was just messing around. Keep that in. DC, I got so much hate over the past few days. I couldn't believe that people actually believed it. It was clear. He was smiling when he said it. People say, you, you turned on Connor. You revealed the game plan. I can't believe you stabbed him in the back. Like either I'm a shill or I'm the guy who like wronged Connor McGregor. Yeah, it was crazy yeah, yeah. the amount of hate that I got. But here's the thing. Okay, and, and I, there's an interview up with John Cavanaugh on, on YouTube right now where he clears the that he was just messing around the whole time. But I did ask him, did you guys consider switching stances? Would that have alleviated some of the – obviously, you're still putting pressure on the back leg now that you're switching. You talked to him since? I have talked to John Cavanaugh this morning, and I'll okay, tell you more yes. about that conversation. And I asked him, you know, maybe you guys should have gone orthodox at that point. Would that have even made a difference? He said the two main things he could have done was obviously check him better and, of course, move out of the way, right? Like continue yep. to move out of the way. But – Switching stances, would that have helped him? And, you know, making the lead leg now the left leg as opposed to the mm -hmm. right leg. We were talking about that the other day, me and Paul Felder. I think it was the midweek fight. Somebody was getting beat up with low leg kicks. And we spoke about now how you switch the stance. A, you're now it's unfamiliar, right? Because right. this isn't something that you're used to doing. And then B, the damaged leg is the back leg. And all the power comes from the back. Everybody thinks like... You don't punch off of your front foot. Right. Everything you punch off of is off the back foot. Yep. So now this damaged leg that you can get no weight on is your back leg. Sure. It protects it from getting kicked anymore. But how effective are you going to be? A, fighting out of a stance that you're not familiar with. And B, trying to throw power punches with your non-dominant hand off of a foot that you really can't get any drive off of. So it might have allowed for him to stay in the fight a little bit longer, but I think that it would have really limited what he could do. Because, I mean, honestly, Ariel, punching power, movement, everything starts off the back foot. Yeah. You're not stepping with your front foot, then your back foot follows. You're kind of moving. Dominic Cruz is doing a whole bunch of fantastic footwork, right? But a lot of that movement starts off the back. He's still, it's like everything's moving, all the angles, all the turning, all, all that other stuff starts off the back most times. So um, you push off backwards with your front foot, but guess what catches your action as you go back? Your back foot, mm. right? When you push off the slide back, you eventually pivot with the back foot in order to go back forward or pivot and turn. You do a lot on that back foot. So by, by switching stances, it still limits you. I love when John Anik says investing in something. He invested in the calf case. Yes. Obviously, it paid off. Fantastic game plan by Mike Brown, Tiago Alves, the whole team. And then eventually, you saw the leg kind of give out, and mm -hmm. then he rock and sock them and, and, and finished. You saw it. You saw and then it. you freaked out. And what a shot that was. Untucked DC. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. I mean, come on, man. Did they, why did they I, have to run that? At what this point, I'm not down? even – I had taken my shirt off. Because we – bro, we – if we're in Vegas, I literally just sit the whole time because Rogan does the interviews. Sure. Or Anik does the interviews. Unless I'm going in there to do the interviews, I can sit. Like, reality is you can go there in shorts because you never get up. But on the pay-per-views, I get up for the stand-ups. I tuck in. I get nice and ready. But then once I sit down, I'm there for the next seven hours. Right? And I sit and I get comfortable and I get to enjoy fights. Is what I do. I can't believe that's my job. Mm -hmm. My job is to watch fights next to the octagon. It's it's fantastic. And I was excited for Dustin. Um, what did he say to you, by the way? I'm going to smash King Cade. What is that? King cake. King cake. He king said, cake. I can't wait to get home to eat some king cake. 
King what is cake that? Is a, uh, it's, it's a Louisiana cake, circle round cake. It's very, very sweet. Inside the cake, there's a, a baby, right? So the person that gets the baby has good luck for a year. It's a Mardi Gras thing around the festival, Lent season. It's just like a kink celebrate, like uh, celebrate the time of the year. Okay. But he said he's going to smash some king cake. I bought a king cake for my son to take to school for his uh, heritage day. You know, I'll order oh. one from Louisiana, let him take it to school. So it's a, it's a thing that we do down there. We have our... Louisiana people have a, it's a completely different world out there. And there's a lot of different things, but he said he's going to have some king cake and some gumbo with potato salad. Right. So he's like, he's like super excited about the food. And I was excited, man. I was happy, but back to the fight, that last leg kick, you saw Connor almost stagger. I think Dustin thought he hurt him with his hands. That's why he went after him faster. But then you could see that Connor was just, was just, he was beat down, man. And the reality is, you know, he got beat by Dustin Poirier, and he got beat by a better fighter on that night. You know what's the crazy thing? Mm-hmm. Should the general public, right, not be surprised? Because since they fought, Dustin's the guy that's been in there with the better fighters. Mm-hmm. Dustin's the guy that's been active and competing. Dustin's the guy that has fought Eddie Alvarez twice. He's fought Max Holloway. He's fought Justin Gaethje. He's fought Habib. He's the guy with the experience, right? But we understand that with the star power that kind of brings, you almost kind of like forget that, hey, Poirier probably should have been the guy that was favored. You know, when this fight was first announced, we talked about how the mainstream, the casual media, the casual sports fan were like, what? This fight happened six and a half years ago. Connor beat him in a minute 46. Why are they doing this? This makes no sense. It's a, it's a tomato can. It's a cupcake. We said it on this show and everyone wants to forget. We said Dustin Poirier is being disrespected. He mm-hmm. is way better than people are saying he is. DC, look at this lineup of fights since his <laughs> knockout loss to Michael Johnson. Jim Miller beat him. Eddie Alvarez, yep. no contest. We know what happened there. Anthony Pettis beat him. Gaethje beat him. Eddie Alvarez beat him. Max Holloway beat him. Lost to Khabib, the greatest of all time. Dan Hooker beat him. Conor McGregor beat him. Like, that's a murderer's row. It's to insane what the kid's that this done. Is a, to suggest that this was a, like a bad loss by Conor, that he lost to a lesser fighter, is absurd. To suggest that Dustin Poirier couldn't beat. Now, I see a lot of people saying to me, you said Conor McGregor was underrated. That What happened on Saturday doesn't change my stance on the body of his entire career. Like, the, the work that he has put in and his skills doesn't change. Dustin Poirier might just be the second best lightweight behind Khabib and the yeah, best I think active he is. lightweight on the planet. This I was think a really good guy. This is I an amazing Dustin guy Poirier, who deserves respect. I think Dustin Poirier is easily the only guy. The only guy ahead of him is Khabib. And I think that Justin Gaethje today could be, you know, it's a tough fight because that first fight was very close. Um, but he finished him. He did finish him. Yeah. But he took, he took a lot of damage with the yeah. low leg kicks in that fight against Gaethje. You know, so like, Gaethje today is very tough. And that's one thing I don't want people to do. Write off Justin Gaethje because he got beat up by Habib Nurmagomedov. That doesn't change who Justin Gaethje is, right? Habib just beats everybody like that. Case in point, look at what Dustin Poirier has done since losing to Habib in the fashion that he did. So let's not write off Justin Gaethje because the last visual we have of him is him getting beat. He is still very viable and he's still as dangerous as any of these guys in the lightweight division. But... I wasn't, I wasn't counting Dustin out. I, I even got that at times, right? So it's like you can't win with people because people are going to form their own opinions, and it does not matter what you or I say or do. People are going to interpret it whatever they want. Like someone said, because I celebrated for Dustin, I hate Connor. I don't – why? 
I, I don't find joy in a guy losing. That's not like I, I've lost. I hate it. I've seen my friends lose. It, it, you hate it. So you understand what's happening on the other side. For me, I love the sport, but I hate the thrill and the agony because one side's so happy. The other, I hated seeing that dude go to his wife and her crying, yeah. pregnant. You know, that, that, that sucks. But the reality about, is, I'm sorry, that? but what about Dustin saying to you guys? I believe he said it. I hate this, right? Dustin told me, he goes, I don't enjoy fighting anymore, but I want to secure a, fan, a life. Does that uh, concern a, a you? No, I, he goes, I don't like this, but I'm a dog, right? He's like, I'm a dog out here. Like, I am a dog out here. And he's like, you know, it, it is what it is. He, he going to fight when he gets in there. And I said that last week. I said, look, man, I'm not going to say he's going to win, but every time he goes out there, he's going to fight you as hard as he can, right? Because I know what the kid's made of. But, you know, the reality is, Connor got beat by the guy that's been active, that's been competing, that probably should have been the favorite. And I saw something yesterday on the plane that they did a re they they put the odds for the third fight if they do it, and Connor's the favorite again. I just don't understand how anything in what happened Saturday would make pe people think that he should be the favorite going into a uh, a third fight. Look, after he has shown an ability to adjust, though, right? Sure. When he's had problems with things. He's come back and showed that he's gotten better and he's improved in those areas. But no, there's a strong case to be made there. But after the fight, he did mention the the inactivity, um, and and he said that you know he had only fought a collective forty seconds dating back to the Habib fight. Obviously, that's going to affect you. First time cutting to one. Well, how long was he away before Habib? Yeah, that was uh, Eddie. Well, he had the Floyd fight in between in 2017. Yeah, but as I far mean, as that's, that's not concerned. fighting for mixed martial arts. But hey, how about after? You know, great fight and and part of the storyline going into the fight. Uh, all week was oh we need the old Connor back we need the the trash talking Connor all this stuff they were buddy buddy and Iaquinta was saying you know too much kumbaya and all this stuff but I have to say you know I I don't know if ultimately he needs that and maybe we'll see what it's like in the next fight for him but I will say man a the way he handled it you know it reminded me a lot of the first Diaz fight it was he's always done that he's all, it's always been Connor even the love between them after backstage that clip by BT Sport that's I love that stuff I'm a sucker mm. maybe it's just me getting older you don't like it You're you don't, I'm tripping. I mean, you yeah, you're blood? tripping. You want no, that blood? Listen, listen. I love gracious in defeat, right? When yeah. you see a guy, you shake his hand, tell him good job. When I see Steve Amiotis next time, I'm going to shake his hand and tell him, hey, man. His face. Spit I'm going to say, Steve, dude, no disrespect. You're, you're the man. Yeah. You beat me twice, right? You did your thing. You got better. You improved and you got better. But in that moment, I, I'm upset. And, and, you know, but the buildup, I truly believe that some people need that edge. Do I think he needs to go as far as he went with the Habib fight? No, no, that was too far. But I think some of those guys need that edge a little bit, man. Like, and I think that for McGregor, he's showing an, a maturity about him that he may not have had before. But I think that some of these guys need that edge. Like, you know, I, I know Jones got in a lot of trouble for the things that he did. Once he said to me one time, I beat you after a weekend of cocaine and or whatever, you know? And yeah. People are like, Oh, that's so crazy. But I think when a guy's living so crazy like that, at times it like allows him to be so free inside that fight, right? And I think that for Connor, he was so loose in the buildup that it allowed him to just be so free. And I felt like walking out there, he looked like himself, right? But you could see a little bit less of that McGregor swagger as he walked to the octagon. And I don't, I don't care what you say. Anybody that watched the fight could see it, right? He just didn't see. I mean. He just didn't seem like the same guy. Like, and I think that maybe the maturity, it makes you mature inside of your life, but you also mature inside your mind and in the fight because those things that maybe didn't worry you before because you just were so fuzzy that you didn't care, 
now that there's not that fuzz to block out all the nervous emotion. And now you, you want see the old, everything. the old Connor back. You want the not even just Connor, man. I would advise a lot of those guys that went to the top of the mountain with that type of style. Uh huh. You, you can't truly just eliminate it all. You just can't. I'm sorry. I just think that you have to continue and have a little bit of that, that like Rogan used to always say that he's a wild man. He's a wild man. He's a wild man in the cage. He's a wild man outside. And I think sometimes that lends itself uh, to each other. And I think that. Does this go back to Marvin Hagler? Marvin Hagler. Yeah. It's, like, it's I mean, hard it's to wake thing. up when you're sleeping in sand sheets. That's another thing, right? Like, does Connor have the motivation to go back and become the guy that competed at the level that he did all those times, right? Like seeing a young man mature is not a bad thing, Ariel. Let's not, let's not make it seem that way, but this is a freaking, this is a, 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 a sport where a lot of times the bandits win, you know what a band? Sometimes the, the bad guy wins in mixed martial arts. And I, I don't know, man. I don't know if, I don't know. I just don't know. And I, Dustin Poirier is a good guy and he's one of the good guys that wins. But I think for certain guys, man, they got to have that edge. They just need it. So now the big question is what is next, next for Dustin Poirier? What is next for Conor McGregor before we get into that discussion? And of course we have to talk about Mr. Michael Chandler as well. The Let new nature boy, the new nature <laughs> boy. Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, so I want to talk about Michael Chandler now. We'll leave the what's next to the back end because oh let's get yeah yeah due. I mean yeah what's next is a great I can't wait for the what's oh, next oh yes it's oh this is gonna be fun and let's I do Michael Chandler yes Michael Chandler comes in there the limousine riding jet plane flying the the wheeling dealing the real stealing the real gun. goes in there. <laughs> And he's he's telling us all about see you at the top, not here for a long time. I mean, Michael, here for a good time. I mean, holy smokes, we're reusing the same stuff. Anyway, he went out there and he smoked uh, Dan Hooker. Did you the big thing afterwards? Two things. Wow, holy smokes, Michael Chandler is great. I mean, if you haven't been watching him in Bellator, now you respect him. I saw a lot of people say Dan Hooker looked tim like like timid. He looked he looked a little bit like he wasn't all there. Did you did you feel that or is that more of a Chandler thing? Like we're not giving Chandler his. Yeah, yeah like it. Who's not timid when Michael Chandler's in front of you, walking you down, moving forward, and trying to take your head off with everything? Like, he didn't look timid. I think Dan Hooker fights that way. It's just the way he does. He, he might have had a game plan to keep the shorter man at distance in that range. And Chandler just landed a shot. The man has incredible power. The backflip scared me. I mean, I thought he was going to snap his ankle when he did that. Are you surprised he finished him that quickly? I did expect a tougher fight. You know, when I'm doing, when you're doing your research and you're preparing and you watch Chandler's fights from the past, 
Um, you don't necessarily expect him to smoke Dan Hooker in that amount of time, but when you look at what Dan Hooker's been through recently with Dustin Poirier and Paul Felder back-to-back, and you look at what Michael Chandler has done and how fresh he's been and how much improvement he's shown over the course of his last few fights, it's not that unexpected. But I saw a lot of people pick Dan Hooker to win that fight. And uh, Chandler shut that up, man. And we're not even seeing his best skill. His best skill is wrestling. Mm -hmm. And he's knocking dudes out like that's two in a row because he put it on Benson Henderson too in Bellator before he came over. So um, I don't remember a better UFC debut outside of Anderson Silva. Didn't Anderson Silva beat Chris Lieben in his first UFC fight? Right? It don't get much better than that. Yeah. Right? So, like, you got to go all the way back to around Anderson Silva to think about a UFC debut where you immediately start to think, wow, title contention. And what did Anderson do in his next fight? Became the UFC middleweight champion. Right? He beat Rich Franklin Mm -hmm. after he beat Chris Levin. Two fights Mm -hmm. in, the dude's at a belt. And Michael Chandler seems to be on his way to at least challenging for a UFC championship in the very near future. I love how he went to the body. I love the power. Everything about it was great. I love, by the way, that Bruce Buffer said Bellator in the discussion. And could this finally... Everybody. Yeah, but could everybody. this finally put an end? Because, like, as, as the great Shell P says, just how good is Patricio Pitbull now, right? Because Patricio well, Pitbull is a 145 or not. Okay, so you could, take it, you could take it one or two ways. You could what? take it one or two ways, right? Enough with the they're the minor leagues. Enough. No, no wait, wait, wait. So, so here, you could take it one or two ways, right? You can say... At the weigh-in, John Annick said, former Bellator champion, it is a major world championship. Mm -hmm. But by completely – Vince McMahon used to do this back whenever it was in – if you completely ignore them, people just can assume that they're your rival. If you start to mention them, they're not my rival. I can say them because they're – if I I never mention your name, I almost keep you on the same footing as me. But if I start going, okay, if I start to mention you, then it's like, okay, I mean, you won't, you know. I don't know if I agree with that. That's that's exactly, I think that's exactly what it is, though. It's like, I I don't, if I don't, if I don't say WCW, now WCW becomes my rival. If I go, oh, you know, WCW guy, it doesn't really matter. And I think that's what's happening right now. All right, fair enough. Then I see him about to get his hand raised. And I heard it on the broadcast. He said, hey, DC, listen to this. He said, Listen, Listen, Daniel. And, I, and then I tweeted right away. He's one of the only people in the world that still call me Daniel. Hey, oh, Daniel. He, he goes, Daniel, listen to this. Like, he, he's one of the only people that still calls me Daniel. And I, I was thinking, wait a second. Hey, is Daniel, he going to do it? To, is he going to actually do what we've been telling him to do? <laughs> now, he didn't say with a tear in my eye, which That's I thought the was the best a part. It was the best part. I thought it was a miss, <laughs> but he conceded afterwards that, you know, he's not a big pro wrestling guy. I will say 10 on 10 on the promo. Yes, mm. it focused on Connor. But, you know, there was a little nod to uh, Ric Flair. There was a little nod to Taz as well. Beat me if I let you or whatever it was. Um, Beat me if you it, can or something. Yeah, yeah. By the way, post-fight press conference. So, of course, we continue the trend of not giving me props on the broadcast. But post-fight press conference, he shouted says it out. In fact, we have the clip. Take a look at this. The origination of that was actually DC and Ariel talking about why I was in the video game. Ariel said I shouldn't have been in the video game. I hadn't fought in the UFC yet. And DC was like, well, yeah, but he's Ric Flair. He came over from WCW and he got the title shot right away. Everybody was mad, but you know, he's Ric Flair. So kind of funny. I'm actually not the, the biggest uh, WE pro wrestling guy, but it was the best day of my professional career. Um, you know, I didn't do the whole tear in my eye thing. I thought that was a little, little over the top, you know, and then the call outs came after that. 
So, so how amazing is this? He says DC and Ariel. He said he was watching us. Rick Flair thing. Now he kind of takes a shot at me saying that I, I said he didn't deserve to be in the oh, video yeah, game. You know, you know, you know. I mean, come on. The guy with the pool. When they said, hey, DC, we're thinking about putting Chandler in. Put Chandler in the game. Listen, listen, Ariel. I'm happy, I'm happy he, 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 he took motivation out of our words. My I, think, words. I, think we, I think Michael Chandler couldn't have done it better. From amazing. the walkout to the way that hey, I'm not here for a long time. I'm here for a good time. I love that. I think that's great. He looked so calm walking into the octagon. No octagon jitters. He was confident, felt like he belonged, said all the right things, and then walks right to the center of the octagon and rips off a promo because when we said, when we said, and that's why people were saying, oh, he's looking past Dustin. I said, Dan Hooker, Chandler, whoever wins, needs to go out there and he call out Conor McGregor or Dustin Poirier, whoever wins the fight. Yep. He went out there and he did it. I'm here. And it was perfect because he right at the time put himself right in line with the very top of the division. It was perfect. Watch Michael him walk out next miss. time in the robe with the feathers and everything. Oh, I mean, I say man. you run with this, bad boy. I run call him the it. new nature boy, bro, because, <laughs> no, they want to hate him. He's like, you want to hate him. He's perfect. He's, he's like, so he's, got a look, he's got a great look, great yeah. body. He's getting into the main event scene right away. It's like, it took, they, it's almost like he's in the video game. You got guys that won four, five fights in a year, been in the UFC so for jealous. years, begging yep. to be in the UFC game. Chandler strolls in. With his million dollar contract, he gets in the game before he even steps in front of the octagon. So it's like, that's the guy that you go, I hate that dude. I don't know why I hate him, but I just want to hate Michael Chandler. I want to hate that dude. And if I'm Chandler, I'm styling and profiling. I'm wearing my brand new suit. I got a $15,000 Rolex. I'm the kid. Look at this. Boom, elbow up, elbow in the mat. I'm telling if I'm Chandler, I'm Ric Flair, this thing all the way to a title shot and laughing all the way to the bank. Absolutely. The whole time. Play it up. Play the 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 perfect, you know, clean cut heel. Play that guy. And the lesson is more of these fighters need to listen to us because we've got <laughs> ideas for you guys. All right. Like, if you're Chandler, you're saying, hey, hate me. They're giving me everything because I deserve it. Mm -hmm. I'm the former champion in another organization. I look like I look. I train hard. I work hard. And I just knocked out Dan Hooker. And guess what? When the rankings come up, Michael Chandler is going to be like number three or four in the world right away. It's crazy. And I also liked he didn't take the bait. He was asked about Pitbull's tweets. Pitbull called him my son and all this stuff on Twitter. No sell him. No sell him. Yeah, no sell him. I that now, Pitbull. Pitbull should do that. But hey, this guy's making high six figures in the UFC and did that on a Conor McGregor fight, which, you know, did incredible numbers reportedly. Uh, just no sell it. Like, like you said, just no sell it. No sell it. Hey. Don't even. Now, now this goes this goes against what you said earlier, because you said the fact that they're mentioning Bellator means that they're beneath them. But if that's why. This case, so, but this is, why, this is why Chandler. But this is why Chandler's like, eh. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. The, the announcers can mention said, him, but I as fighters, Patricio, why is it Patricio? Patricio. Patricio. One day you'll Pitbull's get his name. like, ah, you know, yeah. Chandler's like, I'm over here now. You know, look at me, you know. I don't know why he said, I will. He kept on saying, I will, every time he was asked about uh, Pitbull. I don't know what that's all about, but I, I think he played it the right way. Okay, so so big win for him. All right, we got the two fights out of the way. Now comes the fun. Now comes the real yes, fun. Let's, play match let's talk about what's next. But first. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. 
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right. Okay. So let's talk about what's next. Dustin Poirier is, is the winner. Michael Chandler is the winner. Yep, yep, now. yep. There's a lot of places since then. We've had Nathan Diaz call out Dustin Poirier. There's people talking about Dustin Poirier versus Michael Chandler. Of course, there's Charles Oliveira out there as well. There's Conor McGregor. I got it for you. I got it for you. Here you go. You I got, got it, it for you. Do you want me to shed some light on things or do you just no, want no, to give will, it? Show, no, I'm not, I'm not going to show you the matchup. I'm just going to show you how we stand, where we stand today Please. in terms of the lightweight division. Can you see that? I mean, that is just horrendous. Okay, what do you Habib, see here? <laughs> stop it. Wait, stop. You see this? I see Habib. Yes, I see Okay, Habib. now... As we I go, think, like, oh, uh, why you got to do that? Why you got to no, do that? Okay. Think about okay. it. Well, actually, you know what? This, this is perfect. This is perfect. Yes. Okay, now you got this, all the other guys, which is okay, very nice. It, of you. Yes, you got everybody else, but look at all these freaking names. Okay, look at know, all these names. I mean, this, this is, is perfect. Crazy. So this now we'll start to match them, okay? I'm, I'm happy that you did that. What you did right there. I see you supporting your guy. It's all well and good. But can we put this to bed? The I next, think hey, I'm just saying. I the reason I do this right and yep. hey this is based in fact you don't want to insult him but you don't but I don't but this is based in fact this isn't just me going Khabib's he's my guy he's, the man. he's better this is based in absolute fact because Dustin Gaethje Connor all got finished by Habib Nurmagomedov right so he's done though right he's so he's done Every, vacate the title said it's Saturday we, it does not sound good do so we now agree, vacate the title do we agree on that that leaves you with this. And this is fantastic. It's a lot of great names. I mean, this is agree, fantastic. Do we agree that there should be a vacant title fight next? And it I, should involve Dustin believe, Poirier. Do we yeah, agree it, on that? Oh, great place to start. So we start Dustin Poirier. Yes. DP. Absolutely. DP at number one. That's where the title should reside. Now, how do you approach this? Are you approaching this for sport or spectacle? Let's go sport. If you want to, oh, so we're approaching for sport. Mm-hmm. Okay, then Dustin Poirier fights Charles Oliveira for the UFC lightweight championship, the vacant title. Now, by the way, for the vacant make, title. Now, if you, you want to make a strong case, wait, 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 you, you can make a strong case that Dustin Poirier should be the champion today. That's what I was about to say. If you want to do it for spectacle, mm-hmm. you put the belt on Dustin. You do the kind oh, of. Oh, I think that no, hey, I, listen, think, I think you, that's hey, the sale. I say I you put the. I say you put the belt on Dustin. Put make him fight Conor McGregor. No, what are you going to just gift trilogy. it to him like Jose Aldo, UFC one twenty three, Aubrey Hills? Why? Habib no, walks away. He was the last interim. He was Dustin Poirier would never accept a gift like that. He would never do crazy. I bet he. I mean, he would be. He'd be an idiot not to. He'd be an idiot not to. Never do that. Here's the thing. Idiot not to. Can I just say this? Can I yes, just say this? The fact, I think, in retrospect, that fight should have been for the belt. I think mm-hmm. with Khabib, I think Khabib was very clear. I think they dangled the carrot. We talked about the decision. In retrospect, the fact that it wasn't for the belt actually was the best thing to happen mm-hmm. to Conor McGregor. Do you know why? Because if that fight was for the title, if that fight was for the title and Conor lost, which he did, it would be very hard to get an immediate title rematch. People say like, oh, you just lost for the belt. You can't get another crack. Now mm-hmm. that it wasn't for the title, you could say, all right, we're 1-1. Let's do it a third time trilogy fight, but this time for the title. Do you agree with me that the fact that it wasn't for the belt actually helps Connor's cause? Now, let me give you some insight, if I can. I don't know what you're writing over there. What are you writing? You doing I'm writing whole- my bracket real quick. But you're not listening to me. I am dis- I'm definitely listening. I spoke to John Kavanaugh. Get mm-hmm. some insight because when Connor was done on Saturday, he was talking about Nate. He was talking about Dustin. Those were the two main ones, right? John Kavanaugh said it like this. We've met. We've discussed. We want the trilogy fight. Connor versus DP3 
for the vacant title in May. That's what we really? want. And that's what we've told the UFC. You're surprised. I well, I just said that with no knowledge of the situation. Like, I, w- I mean, honestly, though, I would probably if, – if, if you take – if Habib vacates, really vacates, mm-hmm. then I don't see why you can't put the belt on Dustin Poirier. I don't see why you can't. Okay, so even if you do it, would you do Connor versus what do you think of that I'm idea? Connor I versus- don't think I don't think that it's un it I don't think it's too far out there. But the reality is if we're doing it for sport, Charles Oliveira deserves it. He won eight fights in a row. Mm-hmm. He's the guy. But when I, I look at my bracket here, all right. Okay, so tell, tell to the people. Up. You have to tell the people because we're an audio show as well, DC. Yes, yes. So here, people, them. this is what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm going the yellow notepad isn't really cutting it on the uh, I'm going Dustin Poirier yeah. versus Charles Oliveira for the belt. For the vacant right. title, or are you in or your the, world I, gifting? I'm, I'm, I'm saying put the belt on Poirier and then make him the champion. We've seen it before. Jose Aldo, we saw Ronda Rousey. We saw Tom Dominic Cruz. Cruz come over yeah. with the belt. They all came over with the belt. We've seen it before. I, they gave me the belt back when Jones beat me. So I was like, yeah. it happens. I say you do the trilogy between Connor and Nate. I say you put those two dudes together. Let them do that trilogy. It's a massive fight, competitive fight. You do Connor and Nate right now. 155 Nate. or 170? 155. Keep him at lightweight. I don't because know. Because if, if Nate wins that fight, now Nate becomes a guy that's viable to challenge for the championship. I just don't know if you want to do that, but go ahead. My boy Justin Gaethje, right? And, mm-hmm. and this is because I want my, my guy. I want my guy Felder to get a big fight. Mm-hmm. I'm doing Gaethje versus Felder. Whoa. I'm doing Gaethje versus Felder because Felder doesn't have a fight. I'm doing Chandler versus RDA. Why are we all forgetting about RDA after him beating? It's getting back to 55 and beating Felder mm-hmm. in the way that he did. And now you got four guys after this. You'd have. Four guys just ready, and the division's just reloaded because you got a new champion, someone that hasn't beaten everyone. If, if it's Oliveira, he's only beaten Tony Ferguson. I know I've left Tony Ferguson out of this deal, but I think Tony Ferguson, I just think Tony needs something a little bit back. Maybe, maybe put Ferguson and Felder and give Gaethje one of the other guys. You know what I'm saying? Maybe do Felder and Ferguson and then give Gaethje a Chandler or give Gaethje a, a McGregor or Nate. I don't know who that – but I don't know who that 10th guy would be in the weight class okay so let me ask you this if in fact this pay-per-view is doing the numbers that people are saying it did what's a bigger fight mcgregor diaz three or mcgregor poirier three for the belt i just think that i honestly i think i think even though because by the way, I agree with your spectacle versus sport thing. Like it's impossible to deny the fact that Charles Oliveira should be fighting for a title yeah, at this yeah, point, he right? He should be fighting for the title, yeah. But in terms, okay, now let's take a step back from that and say, what's the biggest fight we can make for Connor right now? I kind of feel at this juncture, the Poirier fight will sell more just because it's top of mind and you sell it as one mm. one. Look, on Saturday night, I said Connor versus Nate three. Like I'm down with that fight, 100 yes. percent at 155. They both get back on track. The winner moves on, all that stuff. Uh, I just don't. If we saw when he lost to Nate. In 2016, he's very persuasive. The UFC, for the most part, yeah. wants to keep Connor happy. He has three fights left now. If he says, give me that fight, third fight, we will sell it to the moon, and it's for the belt, do you foresee this, the UFC saying no? I don't know if they say no to that. I think, when I think about it, I got to be honest with you, man. It's a big, both of them are massive, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like both both matches are selling millions of pay-per-view buys, right? Mm-hmm. High one point something to two. But I think Connor and Nate brings back the Connor of old because Nate won't allow him to be as reserved. He will not. No. You know what I'm saying? Like Nate won't like allow Nate's a gangster, dog. Nate's, yeah. Nate's a gangster. And he will, he will not allow Connor to be his friend. And I think by him not allowing Connor to be his friend, it will draw in 
more interest. And I think it might do a little bit more, but at this point, I don't think it'll be much of a difference at all because Connor fighting either of these guys is a massive fight. Your issue is everybody else without Connor. How do they proceed? Because Habib Nurmagomedov now can sell pay-per-view without Conor McGregor. But is there anyone else at 155 that does numbers without Conor? Yeah, Poirier. That's where you got Oliveira doesn't sell the same, obviously, no. as Poirier McGregor. But if Dustin, if Dustin fights Conor again, gigantic. He wins that third fight. Now is he a legitimate pay-per-view star as the UFC champion? Okay, let me ask you this one. If you're Dustin Poirier and the UFC says, What do you want to do? What do you say? Conor McGregor. I'm saying Conor McGregor. Of course. Hey, and but listen, I'm saying Conor. But I'm saying Connor, and you give me the belt before because I want in because I want in on the pay per view. You don't think right? they'll give him pay per view regardless? I don't know, man. Come I on, he know. deserves it. He does. He sure does. But I don't know. I don't know if as a business, if you say I'm not obligated to give you pay per view on something that's going to be massive, if I'm not contractually obligated to. Yeah, because they've done it for people. They did it for Masvidal. They did it for Diaz, who are non. Yeah, I know, but just to say, you're essentially saying. Here you go. They do it at times, but I'm just saying, like, that's so big, bro. It's easy to tell guys that are going to sell five, six, seven hundred thousand pay per views. Six, that's a lot still, but we're going to give you pay per view and we're not obligated to. When you know two million is going to add another two and a half million out to the payout, you're not as, um, you're not as lenient with that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's 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 a business, it's a money business. But does Dustin deserve it? Absolutely, he does. Do you but I think foresee it's better if he gets that belt on him? And sure, I get that. I, I still feel like they'll give it to him anyway. I mean, they might. They actually might. They're, they they will be fair. I'm saying they will be fair. But I'm telling you, man, if one of my wrestling coaches is like, I, coach, I want out DC. I want to share in on the revenue of the program because I've brought in two more kids. I'm like, well. Bring in 10 more kids, and then maybe I'll pay you a little bit more, you know, Man, when I'm not necessarily contractually obligated to do Damn, it. Damn, dog. I mean, I know. I know. I Would you entertain the idea, if you're Dustin Poirier, of finally fighting Nathan Diaz? Remember, they were supposed to fight at UFC 230. Yeah. That fight fell through. You came in and fought Derek Lewis. Uh, Nate, not you know, in the past, not very clear about what he wants. On Sunday, he was very clear about what he wants. He said, let's run it. What do you think? Do you entertain that well, or no? If I'm Dustin Poirier and I'm just looking to make the most money I can, I'm fighting Connor or Nate. All yeah. the rest of these dudes, I'm not fighting. I want to fight Connor McGregor or I want to fight Nathan Diaz. If I'm Dustin Poirier, but number those one are the is two Connor matchups that I'm looking for. The two biggest stars in the division, I want to be standing across the octagon from one of them. You know, so you know it's kind of odd. It's like Dustin fought that fight. Did he ever say Habib's name? Did he did he say anything about Habib in the post the post fight? Well, I think he said that, you know, he considers himself the champion and all that because he's done. Um, Chandler talked about Habib mm-hmm. saying that, you know, he has the skills. And Very crazy, fight. though, because you should be like, I mean, you would think that he would have said something about him. Like, you know, you I implying I, you implying he doesn't want him. No, no, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not implying that he doesn't want him. I just was wondering because I never even thought about that. Right. I went right to thinking everybody else and maybe my mind's set to habib's done that's why i'm kind of like it's been in the back of my mind he's done let's just but leave him alone the guy's it's still, very surprising he's... that he never even like called for that or you know connor did right connor was like if he wants to do take the shots i'll fight him you know but like well because yeah, he weird. was responding to tweets 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Khabib, you know, got some got some shots in. The one thing that he was wrong about was Connor hasn't changed his team. Like that's the one thing you could say about the guys that he has the same guys. In fact, he brought his you know boxing coach from when he was ten. But you know, Connor was responding to that. Here's what's fun. Here's the one thing that's really fun. So remember, we talked going in. Michael Chandler and Dan Hooker are in prime real estate spot. If you do the right thing, you could fight the winner of this main event. Well, guess what? Chandler wins. Says, you know, surprise, surprise, I'm here and all that stuff. And then Dustin Poirier is asked about Michael Chandler. And did you mm. see the way in which Dustin Poirier no sold him, saying that he would not entertain that fight? And initially, I think a lot of people were surprised like, wait, are they friends? Are they former teammates? They're none of the above. Do you want to know my theory on that? Why he's not, why? Because he was so, he was very, like, he was very assertive when, when it came to Chandler. There's one scene that was posted online of like him doing like the whole like takedown thing, the wrestling pose, um, the wrestling stance. Uh, mm-hmm. But here's the thing. Here's the part that I think people have forgotten. Listen to this. This one, this will, this will be a fun buildup and a fun fight. I just don't know if it happens next. Dana even alluded to the fact that he would like to see it. Poirier versus Chandler. Yeah. Remember back in September, October, they're trying to do Dustin Poirier versus Tony Ferguson, October 24th. Remember, they had failed negotiations with Dustin Poirier. And they went to Chandler, right? Went to Chandler to make the Ferguson fight. Remember, Ferguson said, no, I'm going to stick with my guy, Dustin And Poirier. Dustin and Chandler almost agreed, didn't they? And then Dust- they went to Dustin and said, hey, why don't you fight Chandler? And he said, no, I'm going to stick to my guns. I want to get paid X amount to fight Tony oh, Ferguson. Yeah. I think, and I haven't talked to Dustin yet, but I do believe. And then what happened? Michael Chandler became the backup fighter for the title fight and was parading around as the new toy. I believe that Dustin Poirier, the man of integrity that he is, does not like that in that instance, for lack of a better term, Michael Chandler acted as the scab. He was the guy who broke up the negotiations. And I think that pissed him off. And I think he is staying true. Oh, I'm not that, might be why he, that might be why he's like What that? about that? Yeah, I think that if that bothered him. That ruffled a lot of feathers. A lot of people were like, how dare you? I think it does. I think it did. But I also think that the dude has fought Habib Nurmagomedov and Conor McGregor in his last two of his last three fights. It's like Mike's still a new guy. And I think he's still the new guy. And I think that I more than anything, I think that's, I think, he, I think that more than anything is why that's I think he's still the new guy. Listen, Michael Chandler beat Eddie Alvarez in one of the greatest fights of all time. Yes. A decade ago. Like Michael Chandler has paid his dues. New guy, oh, yes. or not new guy. What do you mean? He hasn't. He has. I said, yes, oh, he okay, has. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Anderson, to your point, got a title fight after beating Chris Lieben, mm-hmm. who wasn't as decorated as Dan Hooker was, and, and then went in there and beat Rich Franklin. So I think that's hogwash. I think he doesn't like him because of that. And by the way, I don't blame him. Like, here I am trying to negotiate a better deal, and you're the guy that messed that up. Because if they didn't have an option like Michael Chandler, maybe they make that fight, Poirier versus Ferguson, and everything changes. Like, imagine yeah, that sliding doors. So I kind of liked it. I like the fire that, that I saw. Is just, it's crazy. I'm looking at this list, and like, Tony Ferguson is almost just like out. I mean, yeah. that's crazy. Like he's almost, I, I didn't think about him. I, you know, I was talking on, I was talking to an interview the other day and I was just like talking about guys in this division. This is such a great division. I mean, this is one of, if not the premier division in the UFC, it's fantastic. I mean, I, lo- I, I love all the fights that are going to be made at 155 pounds because the reality is, very rarely does a champion walking away open everything up, right? But Habib walking away completely changes the way this lightweight division goes forward. It's uh, Did it's tremendous. Did you get any insight to Habib? Yeah. Um, I talked to Habib, but what you saying? Not not much about that. Not much about that. That is a delight. You know, look at you. Look at not that much face. About that. Look at that face. No, I I, I haven't right talked now. to Habib as much. 
Yeah, right. Look at that. Oh, this Patrick in the head. That's a classic lie. I haven't talked to him that much. You're so stupid. <laughs> Why? Why can't you tell us? I mean, no, man. He, I, I didn't talk to him about it. Actually, I really just haven't. Does he fight ever again? True or false? You know what I think, man. You know what I think might make Habib fight. Oh, yes. You know, Habib is like so deathly loyal. You know, like if he if he's telling his mom he won't fight, ah, you know. He won't fight. Habib and a lot of people believe that Islam Makashev will really enter into this conversation as soon as he's done with Drew Dober. And I, I believe that with every part of me. Mm -hmm. Islam Makashev gets to the championship like we intend, like we believe that he will do. If Islam Makashev goes to a fight and he becomes the man and someone gets him and then starts to call for Habib, that might be would get Habib's back because that's his brother. Yeah. Guy gets Islam. Say a guy gets Islam as Islam becomes a man, mm -hmm. Habib might be like, I got to get this one back for my dude. That might be what may get him back. Can I say this? I love that idea, by the way. And, and I love the loyalty. Um, seeing him transition into this role, like seeing him there with Umar and even like full circle, him now being the translator for Umar last Wednesday. There's beautiful symbolism and now that his father is no longer with us, that he he's is the man, though, leader, right? right? Oh, I never thought about that. That's great. It's That's actually right? great, right? Like, he's kind of taken, you knew when his dad passed away, it was going to leave a big hole in that community of fighters. And Habib seems to have stepped into that role seamlessly. And remember the first time he was translating for Islam in New York? Was that Islam? And he was like barely talking. He was like, yeah. oh my goodness. And he walked out the octagon <laughs> like this. Like he was so like, like he was like, oh my goodness. I just translated to now walking up there confidently um, as Umar won. You know, that's one thing we did talk about. I go, did you ever think there would be a time where Umar's in the octagon after winning? I'm interviewing him and you're translating for him. He goes, brother, this is the craziest thing, right? It's like, it's like just cra it's crazy what you know how things have changed in such a short period of time. And don't forget about Usman Nurmagomedov, who's going to debut for Bellator later this hey, year. He's guy. I, I, everyone. If you listen this. to Hav, everything yeah. Hav tells me is this dude's an absolute killer. I mean, and Islam's about to fight against a tough Drew Dober. You know, he's as tough as they come at one fifty-five. He beats Drew Dober, and he does it impressively. That's that tenth guy, right? That's the guy. Islam's the guy that we start putting in the mix with all these dudes. Because it's just a matter of time. And you know what's crazy about Islam Makashev is every one of these guys he matches up very well with. Mm -hmm. Because you saw in Umar Nurmagomedov, his striking is much more advanced than Habib's was when he got into the UFC. Islam's striking is so good now to match with all the grappling and the wrestling. He's going to be a real problem for everyone. I'm going to ask you a question that I may regret asking, but I'm going to ask it anyway. I do believe that what happened on Saturday delays the McGregor Pacquiao plans. These were real plans. Like they were, they were a real thing. I don't think anyone in the MMA community or even the boxing community is shedding tears over that. I don't know if there was a huge clamoring. I think everyone will watch it. We'll talk about it, but I think people want to see Connor stick to MMA. And there's now talks of Ryan Garcia versus Pacquiao, which is kind of interesting in its own right. But Daniel Cormier, do you believe that the result on Saturday increased the likelihood of us seeing Connor McGregor versus Jake Paul in the near future? No, um, no, decreased it. Decreased I think that Connor, I think it did, yes, because I think Connor becomes more committed to mixed martial arts. Mm. I think he really does focus on trying to get back to where he was as a mixed martial artist before pursuing all those other avenues. I really you see do. His video, 
He now he now went he went from fifty million to ten thousand with the offer. I mean, come on. I mean, that's such a big drop. Like, come on, man. <laughs> come on. Like, I'd like to see him go fight Dustin Poirier. Put Jake Paul in there with Dustin Poirier and see what what happens. Dustin Poirier would knock his block off, right? Like, I mean, yeah. They, I think these guys don't understand who Dustin Poirier really is in of mixed course. martial arts it's and in really fighting. Disrespectful. Yeah, it's disrespectful to Dustin to like be like, uh, I saw oh. people say Buster Douglas. This is like, what are you talking about? What Buster are you Douglas? talking about? <laughs> this is Dustin Poirier. Right. You can, the, the Buster Douglas was a 40 to 1 underdog. Right. We're talking about Dustin Poirier. Come on, man. Like, but that just tells you the amount of people that just aren't really tuned in to mixed martial arts. They don't love the UFC. They don't love Bellator. They love Conor McGregor, and they show up when Conor McGregor fights. They have no idea what happens in the sport when he's gone. And what you hope for is that after they come for Conor, they stick around for everyone else. Sure. Do you think Conor returns to form? Do you think Conor ever tastes gold ever again? Oh, man, that's a... It's a tough one, right? That's a tough one to answer after seeing that. You know, after seeing that, it's a tough one to answer because the reality is, like, I would probably pick Dustin Poirier in a, in a rematch because Dustin Poirier is still going to be a, a Southpaw fighter. And Dustin Poirier is going to that well a little bit sooner. And most guys will go to that well when they fight Conor McGregor now because Conor didn't just not check kicks. He looked like he had never seen or mm. and nobody had ever done that to him before because he just didn't check him effectively. It's a, it's a difficult thing to deal with. I got to be honest with you, DC. Uh, there are two times in the midst of all of this stuff that has happened over the past almost year where I felt I was more... I love this job, right? I love this job. Yeah. Um, but I, I was kind of sad at the end of the night. Uh, it was when you fought and it was on Saturday for the, the magnitude of it. I, I wish I was there, right? I, I just yeah. felt, I felt left out. Left I wish out. I was there. Yeah. And so could I ask, uh, what, what did it feel like? It sounded really loud with 2,000 well, people. Like, did it feel dramatically different? It was crazy, Ariel. It, it, had, it had that big fight feel. 2,000 people. It felt like 20. Wow. I mean, to watch those guys walk down the tunnel and see fans actually out there, yeah, right? So Dustin Poirier always does this thing with his hands where he raises, kind of always lifts the flag. Seeing that with nobody in there changes it. So watching them come through the fans was fantastic, man. The people were loud. They were doing that old lay chant for Connor. They were booing for. They were booing Dustin when he came out. It was just, it was, it was fantastic. And you know, there are many times where we leave these fights going. I don't know if we need the fans. We do. Yeah. We yeah. absolutely need the fans from the Michael Chiesa fight, Max Holloway fight. We needed the fans. The one thing is, and it's, it's crazy, right? Because you think that because fans haven't been around for so long, regardless of the product, people will show up. That's not the case. Max Holloway had a lot of fans in there. Um, they might've had 1500 or a thousand. There were a little bit less for Chiesa versus Magni in the middle of the week. Mm -hmm. every seat that was sold on the weekend for McGregor Poirier was filled. Mm -hmm. There was not an empty seat in the house. Whichever ones were available were bought. They were accounted for. And every person was there in their seat watching the fight. So even though fans haven't been in, around for a while, they still show up in droves for the bigger ones. And, um, it was a great, man. It was a great atmosphere in Abu Dhabi. I love it. By the way, what, what you actually, you, Anik and Felder are a great trio. Mm -hmm. um the intro 
was ridiculous. What was that? Were those real? I thought it was those like, were drones, bro. And I was like, was looking around, the like, arena, what? or was it on TV? Bro, it was, was it like it was in the arena? They were. I thought it was bro. graphics. No, they got up. The drones all got up together. They all like got up together. They're like, <laughs> they wow. flew out. They flew out. Got into like synchronization. They got into a synchronized circle. They're all like circling around each other. They're like turning yellow. Um, um, I'm sorry, orange, green, white. They, they turn red, white, and blue. It was, I was, so I'm looking around like, what in the world is going on? They're buzzing, bro. And guess what? They weren't falling. You would imagine that they would just fall down. Some would just fall out of synchronize. They all did that. Then guess what they all did? They all went back together, flew back to wherever they came from. Lord knows where they came from. And then they all just went down and they wow. were going for the rest of the night. It was crazy. It was crazy watching that. It was like, people, you all, they all, it always goes to another level when McGregor fights. Yeah, of course. That was just like Sinead a different O'Connor. level. Hey, by the way, on TV? Oh, it looked cool. Yeah. But I thought it was like one of those like graphic things when no, they had bro, the flag there real. and everything. Those I, I didn't drones. realize it was actually, you're looking around. I'm like, what the heck? Because imagine if one falls. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, fans on it. Like there were right. like fans <laughs> or something on it. It was like, one falls, you're done. By the way, what was in that bag? What was in the bag? Do you know what was in the bag? I Have you figured that out? Come on, dog. I got to imagine it was some weight cutting gear or something, right? Somebody dropped off some weight cutting gear. Like, is it possible that we're bag? actually? Is it possible that we're actually thinking about the wrong thing here? And the bag is not that important. It's more about like who was the guy, right? Like maybe the guy was just there with a purse or a purse or a satchel, <laughs> and we're focused on the bag. But in reality, who was this mysterious figure? And this why crazy was he story. so important? Like, yeah. why was the guy so important that he you went did over that, four like, balconies allegedly? Oh, was Mission Impossible? What kind of Mission Impossible shit were they doing over there, man? Oh, sorry, I cussed. What Did kind of Mission it? Impossible? Did you I see didn't it? know. Bro, I had no idea. I was so busy on Fight Island this time. I had no idea. And they're like, Daniel, do you know what happened to Atman? Is it Atman Azatar? Atman Azatar, yeah. Atman Azatar? What's his name? Atman Azatar? Azatar. Atman Azatar. Okay. I said Almazar. Atman Azatar. I know Atman. He's been in AKA training sometimes. He's very oh, gosh. Good, fight, good fighter. Big power in his hands, right? Very impressive prospect. But who was so important to Otman that he took that chance, right? And paid the ultimate cost? Because now the dude's out of the UFC. He, who goes and climbs balconies? Bro, you should see those balconies. It's so scary being on your balcony at that hotel. Because if you fall, it's over. He paid Crazy. the cost. He paid the cost. Okay, last, last thing. Go on the record right now. Conor McGregor's next fight is against Nate Diaz. Conor McGregor fights Nate Diaz next. Dustin Poirier's next fight is against. He will fight Charles Oliveira for the title. I say they do. That's Conor my thought. Versus Dustin three for the belt. If they do Conor versus Dustin three, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. I'm happy no, I'm for saying, Poirier. I'm not saying this is what I want. I'm saying this is what I think you believe. In my mind. Yeah, but I would like to see that belt on Poirier's waist as they they head into the event. Because remember, there's no reason if Habib's walking away, he shouldn't be the champ. Remember when he lost to Diaz, everyone thought, why would you do the rematch? Like, what? he doesn't deserve it, this and that. I think the same thing's going to happen here. They're going to give him because he's going to persuade them. And he'll make adjustments, and he'll be better for it. But, I mean, Dustin Poirier, uh, uh, part of the intrigue to this fight and the worry for the Poirier team was the confidence. There will be no lack of confidence going yep. into that third fight if you're Dustin Poirier because of what he did in this last one. Uh, shout out, by the way, very quickly to Joanne Calderwood, Mahmoud Muradov, oh. Marina Rodriguez with a huge win over Amanda Hibas. Uh, I thought those were the most impressive ones, certainly yes. on the main card. Juliana Pena with a big win and a nice little call out as well. Um, so overall, a good trip. Good the whole thing. Events. You get a break this weekend. Yeah. 
I can't believe it. Listen, if anyone ever questioned DC's commitment to this program, his yeah. true love, his side piece, if you will, but sometimes I'm not, hey, I'm not the guy that introduced my other show on the show. No, I mean, listen, come on. Listen, sometimes we like the side piece more than the main squeeze. I mean, <laughs> Dude, you you know, gotta so- stop making these references. <laughs> you really gotta stop. I mean, Jacqueline's going to kill you. She's going to kill you. Oh my gosh. But uh wow, what commitment you showed. What what loyalty you showed to this Bro, program. Listen, man, I want to talk about the fights. I am the luckiest man in the world to be able to do what I do. I enjoy my job, every single one of them. And I don't think many people get to live life like that. So I enjoy Amen. this. I love it. Amen. Oh man. Oh man. With a quote like that, I wish I could just go over there and kiss you on the face. Don't right don't ever talk. You got to stop talking about kissing me. I'm going to punch you in the mouth. <laughs> you you kissed Habib on the forehead once, right? Didn't you do that? Yeah, that's my brother, though. Habib's my brother. I'm not your brother? After everything yeah. we've been through? Yeah, but you know, like, and like, you know, in our family, we hug, you know, yeah. we hug each other, you know, kissing them. You do, we could do the next time I see you, I'm going to do like the whole like wrestler thing where we do like the underhook no, thing. No, you'll like never that. do that. That's that, that's for <laughs> oh, me and my Russian friends. That's for just, you know, just, me and Umar ran into each other in the, in the hotel the other day. You immediately shot a single leg. I'm like, wow, that's what I'm gonna do. don't change. Yes, I'm going to do that what Dustin did to Chandler. I'm going to get into the stance. Low, no, you know, ankle I'll pick. You, I'll give you a low leg kick, <laughs> I'll give you a low calf kick. You do that. Because I mean, right. if that if that's if your stance looks anything like you're dancing, you actually pick your leg up when you do that too. That's what makes it so impressive. I'm almost at 1.1, by the way. Let's not that fast. I mean, listen, it's been a great so, week for your boy. Let me tell you one thing, bro. I I get so many followers a week, but I lose well, ten thousand followers a week. I don't know who I'm. Who am I making so mad? I'm not going to speak on that. I think you need more <laughs> Helwani posts. I got two in a row last week. It was very good. You probably so gained crazy. some there, and then you lost because you didn't keep it up. We are out of time, DC. Hey, probably I need some give rest. A shout out. Oh yeah, I want to give a shout out to my guys. I want to give a shout out to all the guys I worked with last weekend: Dan Hardy, yes, John Gooden, yes, John Anik, who has been my partner not only on the broadcast but also on the video game and everything else. Paulie Felder, the production crew, and everybody in the back. Man, these guys had to work, bro. It was a stressful week. It was a hard week. And everybody completely knocked it out of the park. Um, I'm happy for those guys. And um, ESPN and, and, and ABC for giving us a chance. Dude, it was a fantastic trip to Fight Island. And I feel like it's only going to get better and better. So, but hats off to my guys. You know, Anik, Felder, Gooden, Hardy. You guys did a great job. Should be proud. Amen. Great job, everyone involved. All right. We're out of time. DC, thanks for making it happen. Thanks for flying home. Thanks for being safe. Thanks for doing your thing, my man. Get some king cake, why don't you? Celebrate Lafayette's finest. I mean, you talk about a guy who might be, you know, the king of Lafayette. Let's not get into that. DP, have your day, my man. Thank you, TST. Thank you to the crew. I have no idea what the seven means. What does the seven eight mean? World championships. Oh, eight world championships, right. Eight why why did I think it was seven? Anyway, thanks to everyone. Download, subscribe, review. We appreciate you more than you know. Thanks to Manscaped. Thanks to DraftKings. Manscaped? Yeah. We did not do Manscaped. Yes, we, oh, my God. We, did. we didn't do Manscaped. We did DraftKings twice. Manscaped. Back next week, same time and place. Until then, I say pace. I'm out of here. All right, so I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of DC and Hawani. Longtime listeners of my Monday show, the MMA Hour, a.k.a. the Hawani Show, will know that before and after every Conor McGregor fight, except for one, I have talked to his head coach, John Kavanaugh. The one that we missed was the Khabib fight. He 
chose not to do that one. There was a lot going on, I guess. Spoke to him a week later. Not a big deal. Anyway, uh, last week on uh, on Wednesday, we had the interview with John Kavanaugh leading up to the fight. And here he is on a Monday after the fight as well. And just like the Nate Diaz fight back in 2016, the first one, he showed up uh, coming off a loss, which I appreciate very much. So on Monday morning, I had a chance to talk to John Kavanaugh about the fight, about the calf kicks, about the game plan, about where he goes from here, and about their desire to fight Dustin Poirier again for a third time this time for the belt. It's always great insight. It's a fascinating listen. If you ask me, he's one of the brightest minds in the sport. And so without further ado, here's my conversation with head coach John Kavanaugh. So uh, first things first, I mean, I I think the biggest question is, and I've seen a couple of posts, but how is Connor feeling? Obviously, we saw him walking out limping with the crutch for a little bit. How's he feeling? How's the health? How's the leg? Um, yeah, the leg is is okay. It's going to be a couple of days before he's walking uh, without any um, hindrance, but it, there's no serious damage. The that um, peroneal nerve that runs down um, uh, on that side of the leg, which was kicked a number of times, it it was completely dead. And then the um, the legs start filling up with blood as well. Restriction. So he couldn't move on it at all. It's uh, ironically, I've actually tweeted about this particular injury. It seems to be getting, it's popping up its head on a, in a few different MMA fights. Uh, it happened Chandler mm-hmm. in one of his fights in Bellator. It's happened um, Cejudo when um, uh, Demetrius kicked him there. Um, it's called a drop foot where you just you actually can't send a signal down to your foot. You can't move it, and um, it's pretty miserable. But as of today, he's he's in good form. He did a very tough workout this morning. Um, he's already looking for the next date, which we hope to get sooner rather than later. He was pressing for a busy 2020, and nothing has changed. He wants a busy 2021. So I hope um, I hope we can get the rematch. That would be the ideal. Um, if it's not that, well, then I'm not sure what it would be. Whether it's um, a different MMA fight or a boxing fight. I'm not. I'm not too sure of that. But spirits in general are very high. Um, I did a video for the the Winter Warrior program. I have it on their Instagram where I spoke about. Um, it's it's a funny one, and he said it himself at the press conference that you don't feel you feel upset. Of course, you're disappointed. You're a competitive person. You want to win. That's the whole point of this: is winning. But you can certainly live with it when you've done everything you possibly could. And it, it softens the blow when you really put your full effort into it, which he absolutely did. W- w- regards everything, regards the training, the the nutrition. You know, he did his best with the promotional work, fight week, and everything that's asked of him. Showing up early for nearly everything we were doing there, fight week. Um, went to the arena, warmed up, made the walk, fought hard. We have to fix this issue of of um, of checking that particular type of technique. But what more can you ask of of them of anyone? Um, and I think it's a good. I always talk the point. I know you're big about your um, the bills and you know people love supporting their teams. And I think the point of all that, but the point of professional sports is that it gives us a bit of a lift, and we hope that they act in a way that's. Um, inspiring first and I know for me when I look at Connor the way he he dealt with the loss his attitude towards it you know um it's it's uplifting for me 
And I think for any of us is that we're, if we're afraid of trying something new, if we're afraid of going for a job interview or, or, or doing our own little competition and something because of the fear of failure freezes so many people. They just don't, I get so many DMs where I chat to people about the uh, dealing with anxiety issues and, and, and having fear towards looking silly in a, in a group of people about falling down. And when we see someone like this that can do it with such grace and, I think it gives us that we shouldn't be afraid of, of losing. It's not the end of the world. Failure is not fatal. Very well said. And, and you said a lot there, uh, a few things that obviously I want to expand on, but I actually want to start before the fight. Obviously, anytime you talk to a fighter or a coach before a fight, usually things are going well. It's a great camp. You know, they're not going to tell you about any mishaps or injuries or whatnot. And, and you just touched on the fact that he had done all the work, but leading into the fight, now that the fight is over, could you tell us like, were you hundred percent confident or were there any issues? Were there things you were concerned about this time around? Did you feel, okay, we have done it all. He is healthy. It's been a great training camp. We did not cut any corners. Yeah, I, I can, I can tell you, I have never seen him as dedicated, as motivated, uh, um, training with an intensity for as long a period of time. You know, this was six, the year he was tipping along, but it really started um, becoming like fight camp training six months ago. Mm. That's more than he's ever done in his career. You know, the Eddie fight was a beautiful fight where he won the second belt and he didn't, he didn't have as long and arduous um, training camp for that as he did for this. Um, no, I can absolutely hand and heart say Dustin uh, bested the best Connor I've ever seen. Connor mentioned, and, and I'm asking you about something he said after the fight, but it's it's really about the mindset going into it. He said after the fight, I need to be active, guys. You know, 40 seconds since October of 2018 leading up to this fight, it's just not enough. Was the inactivity a concern for you? Were you worried that he would be at all rusty? Um, you know, he he's always, he does so much sparring that you hope Um that there's not going to be ring rust because he's getting the rounds in. But again, somewhat ironically, this particular technique is one that's almost impossible to replicate. Like the fact that Dustin Truitt is not um, that surprising. It was certainly part of our training was dealing with uh, leg kicks. How devastating a technique it was, it is, was somewhat caught us out. Um, and in the gym, you know, when you're throwing that technique, you're not going to tr you're not going to try and kick your partner as hard as you possibly can, mm -hmm. and you're also both wearing um, shin shin pads. You know, so if I kick you in the shin and you kind of point your knee out a little bit, our two pads will hit each other, and you can build up a you can build up a false confidence that like oh that's I feel it, but it's not that bad. And then it's only in fighting that you get with tiny gloves and no shin pads. You know, so in like you said, from October 2018, um, what are we what are we coming up to two and a half years almost? He had 40 seconds of feeling what kicks feel like with no pads on and punches feel with four ounce gloves. And I don't think he was actually even hit in, in the Cerrone fight, was he? I don't think so. No. Um so yeah, that is one thing that you cannot replicate. We we are we some pride ourselves on our simulation fights we have in the gym all the time. But they're safe. You have to you have to be safe, otherwise the athlete can't make it to the arena. You know, you couldn't be sparring 
with four ounce gloves and no, no other padding on, someone's going to get a cut or an injury. So you've got the head guard, you've got big gloves, you've got big shin pads. And yes, you can simulate all the techniques and, and, and get your timing and, and your distance control and so on. And you can certainly grapple very hard. I thought it was grapple. I was really happy with his grappling in this. Um, but one thing you're not going to feel is the pain of those kicks because, you know, we're not going to do that in the gym and then you can't walk for a week. So it was not, like I said, it was not a surprising tactic. And I've got endless hours of footage of sparring on my phone where we'd say, pause, throw that kick. You know, we had the great King Kelly over here, one of Ireland's best Thai boxers. And um, we, we had him doing that the whole time. But you don't respect it as much when you don't feel it without the shin pads on. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we got to the kicks, relatively early in the first round, Dustin took him down, didn't do too much damage with the takedown, but you know, there was a struggle there. Connor did a great job, got up against the cage, got back up, but then he was in the clinch for a while. Um, and it did seem actually right after that, Dustin was a little tired after that clinch work, but Connor maybe as well. Were you surprised? You know, a lot of people said, yeah, of course, you know, it would be great if he takes him down. That's, that's maybe the path to victory here, but that's not Dustin's plan of attack. Usually were you surprised that he went for the takedown that early in the fight? No, not at all. Um, again, very much expected this to happen. He did a couple of takedowns on Justin, um, got him with the exact one that we, we thought he would do, which he, he did on Justin. But in Connor's defense, his back never really touched the mat. He did his, he scooted along, got himself to the fence. And we're actually very, very, he's amazing at that um, technique of, of, in the Seaver fight, if you remember, there's a few similar kind of takedowns. And again, back never touched the mat. He just got straight back up again. And it's very, very draining for your opponent. More draining for the person trying to initiate, trying to do takedowns than it is for the person defending. So not only were we expecting that, we're kind of hoping it would happen because it would it would drain um, Dustin. There was actually a very funny moment. Uh, I, I don't think the camera angle caught it, where it, when they were grappling on the fence standing, Connor hit him a knee in the in the stomach, in the belly. And he looked, he caught my eye and he went, ooh. <laughs> he, so he he, rec- he he acknowledged it was a good shot. Um, um, as for Connor getting tired, I would uh, I would debate that. Um, at the end of the round, if you noticed, it was his first time. He didn't actually use the stool. Yep. He stood in the corner with me. Um, yep. He said he just never had felt as good, you know, with the heart rate uh, coming right down again. So that was nice that the... First of all, the, the type of training he's doing with fast paid off. And we did the simulation rounds enough that he felt it was transferring over into competition. You know, there wasn't a massive difference there. Sometimes people can do many, many rounds in the gym and then they do one round in the octagon and they're very tired. So that wasn't the case. Um, yeah, I put the stool down and he just looked at me like, I, what do I need that for? And I was like, yes, <laughs> we've got this. Um, you wish he sat down because of the leg kicks. Does that even matter, that minute of rest? No, I, I took a lot of um, positivity from it. I was like, you know, kind of like, yes, you know, like he's um, clearly not feeling even the beginning of tiredness. Mm-hmm. And I felt at the end of round one, this is probably going to go, uh, this is going to be a long fight because he landed a couple of shots. Now, I, th- I thought there was once or twice where, where Dustin wobbled a little bit. So, you know, the finish would come, but let's not chase it. Let's not get too overexcited. And, you know, if, I, if we're going to be doing three, four, five rounds, um, it's nice to see at the end of round one, you don't even have to sit down. To that point, 
you know, I'll be honest, again, I mentioned Ally Quinta because he was harping on this all week and he actually posted a video on uh, Saturday morning saying it felt like Connor was leading the dance all week long. Like even at the faceoffs, Connor goes down, Dustin goes down. It just felt like Connor set the tone and then Dustin was Connor tweets, Dustin tweets. And it, it to me felt like Connor was, like I said, leading the dance. And even at the press conference, I felt like Dustin was a little timid, but maybe that's just who he is. And I wondered, even at the beginning, Okay, I'm I'm trying to see like how how his body language is reacting, and I'm I'm wondering if you felt the same way. Once he took a few of those shots from Connor in the first round, do you felt like his confidence grew? Like he was able to finally put to rest six and a half years ago, and he's like, you know what, I could deal with this because Connor hit him as you said with some really clean shots. Were you at all worried when you saw him not go down or not, you know, react to the punches as he did six and a half years ago that maybe his confidence was going to start to grow? Um, not really. Like I, I, to be honest, I was very um confident at the end of round one okay um like you said he hit a takedown but didn't really solidify it he got back up so in my head i thought he's probably not going to try a whole lot of more takedowns because connor dominated the clinch aspect of it um and like i said it's quite tiring trying takedowns if you don't really get anything out of it maybe if it took connor down and got a lot of ground control he would have thought to himself let's keep going back there so from my point of view, I, was, I top at the end of round one. That's kind of it now for takedowns. Now it's a kickboxing battle. And the shots, the exchange of shots I saw in round one, Connor got the better of them. Um, there was once or twice, again, expected uh, Dustin's lead uh, check hook. Um, and it did land. It did land once or twice. But it wasn't, it wasn't a huge amount on it. And that's why I said to him in between, in between the rounds, just keep the backhand high, which he did. And he, he checked a few of them in the second round. So going into the second, I felt... Energy's great. Uh, probably the takedown attempts are, are, if not over, Connor's very switched on for them. Even in the gym, sometimes he'll give up a takedown in the first. Um, and then he's, oh yeah, guys are going to level change on me. And he's very good at sprawling. So very confident about that side of it. And yeah, landed some good, you know, the left hand landed. He got a nice jab, a few nice jabs. Um, so we're going to start going into a nice, kickboxing battle here mm-hmm. and connor is one of the best in the world at that um but then those damn pesky peroneal nerve kicks <laughs> and so i have to ask you uh last week when we spoke uh there was a moment in our interview where you had mentioned training orthodox uh and then you said to cut that out uh, would you like to clear the air on that because as you know i have uh i have been flooded <laughs> with a lot of hate from the it's like either i'm i'm shilling for mcgregor or i've just you know stabbed him in the back i was getting it from all sides last week so um because i will say once i saw that lead leg getting you know chopped like that with those kicks i was wondering oh maybe we'll go orthodox now of course you still have to you know put pressure on that leg but i was like okay now's the orthodox training gonna it's gonna kick in without it being if he had to switch to orthodox (laughs) that was the kind did i wrong please clear it up john did i wrong you no, you did not. So that okay. was a, a wee tongue-in-cheek uh, joke. And um, afterwards, of course, Ariel uh, messaged me and said, oh, I'll remove that straight away. And I said, no, no, leave it in. It's, it was just a, it's just a little bit of fun with the fans. I knew I, knew, I didn't think Dustin's team would take it serious. And I didn't think, um, I didn't think the fans would be as... Because I got <laughs> so many messages. They were really... They had my back. They were, coach, you've got to get out there. He's at the, he, he's at the doing you wrong. He's not leaving that in. So, um, yeah, apologies about that. Just a little bit of fun. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. 
Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. You alluded to the fact that you guys have talked a little bit about the next step, the future. What does he want to do next? Uh, well, you know, <laughs> he's already harassing everybody to get the uh, rematch. So we would, we would love to rematch. I, I don't think Dustin is against that. Um, yeah, if we could get the rematch before the summer, that'd be amazing. Um, if it's not to be, well, then um, I guess I don't, I, I don't really know. Maybe he drifts off into the boxing. So if the MMA community could help me out here and get behind me and pester the UFC to give him another fight sooner rather than later so I don't kind of lose him for six months to boxing, um, I'd appreciate that. <laughs> so, so to be clear, the trilogy fight, right, against Dustin Poirier um, yes. is what yes. you guys want. Yeah, we're, we're one-on-one, so... Yep. Uh, you know, we, we gave him the rematch after the first win, and I hope he returns the sentiment. <laughs> so so last week, obviously, I asked you about a dream fight. You had mentioned Diaz. That one can wait, right? Yeah, if if, um, if the fight had went our way, I think yeah. it would have been nice to look at Diaz for, you know, possibly the belt in the summer. And now things have changed. Chandler went in there and looked phenomenal, you know, a big knockout. But it is his first fight in the, in the UFC. Um, this is the one that is, I can see, is lighting the fire underneath him. Like I said this morning, I was actually around the yacht and I was looking for him and Orla said he's down the gym, go downstairs and he had to do like an hour-long tough weights workout that's the, the morning after a very tough fight. So um, that shows you where, where he is here. So I was thinking after the fight, man, you know, I, I kind of feel bad for Dustin, uh, especially now that Habib isn't coming back. Uh, that fight should have been for a belt he should be the champion. I actually kind of feel like the fact that it wasn't for a belt helps Connor in this regard. Cause now you could say, all right, let's do it for the vacant title. Cause it's very clear that Habib isn't coming back anytime soon. Had it been for the belt, people would say, Oh, he doesn't deserve another crack at the title, all this stuff. But now it feels like it's one, one. Now let's do it for a title. Do you agree with that sentiment? Like, do you guys That's want good. this fight to be for the belt as well? I love, I love the way you're thinking, Ariel. I love the way you're thinking. <laughs> You're back to being a shell for the. <laughs> that's the <record>. right. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just yes, like, of course. Yeah. Yes, of course. That's that's the big drive. That's the big. Um, that's the big. That's the story. That's it. It's one 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 apiece. Um, you know, they're right up there in the rankings. They're very popular fighters. The two of them. I think they have a beautiful matchup. I think it's stylistically, it's beautiful to watch. That's. I'd love to see lots and lots of rounds of the two of them. Um, Dustin has obviously got, he's riding high with confidence now. And, you know, with the more experience and the more weight, he took some of those shots and, you know, I'm sure he, his confidence is super high at the moment. We have to fix that technique with the leg and, and watch out for a couple of other things as well. But Dustin V Connor tree for the belt in, you know, I don't know, maybe May or something like that. Wouldn't that be amazing yeah i was gonna ask you about the leg so may would you know obviously he has to heal up would may be enough time to heal up and then oh go yeah. yeah okay it's not there's, it, there's no bone damage it's not mm -hmm. you know that was 
part of the little my conversation in his ears like it's not the Holloway you've not destroyed a ligament here this is a a sore leg you know it's a sore leg and it will pass and yes it still is quite it's scary looking the the swelling um but we're on top of it with the icing with the um with the anti-inflammatories you know keeping it elevated do, doing all the right stuff but he like he did a workout today he did an upper body workout today he can do almost anything um i would say within seven to ten days maximum we'll be back full full training and then you know as far away as may would be would be months and months and he's already in phenomenal you know we he had hoped to be fighting every couple of weeks, so, <laughs> um, you know, no big damage taken. So, yeah, he'll be ready to go. Uh, just a couple more things, if I can. Uh, weight cut okay? Like, any concerns about going back to 55? Were they alleviated? He's, he's built for that. He's, he's ideally built for that. It was a very a very gentle uh, water cut the morning of, and uh, it's actually really nice doing uh, weigh-ins out here. You weigh in at 3 p.m. on Friday mm-hmm. and you fight Sunday at 9 a.m. You get two nights sleep. You know, it's it, it feels like, yeah, it feels like forever. Um, you actually did a hard workout on the Saturday, the fight day, you know, which would be normal fight day. Wow. And I went to bed that night and then got up and, and did a work, you know, obviously went to the fight on Sunday morning. So, yeah, no, Tristan, who was... Um, who has taken care of that has done an amazing job. It's and Connor's discipline of, of approaching this as a year round approach, not, you know, trying to kind of get the weight down in a rush near the end. Everything was done gradually and, um, and correctly. Um, you know, a lot of the talk going into the fight was he's too nice. Where's the old Connor, the trash talking Connor, where's the fire. It doesn't feel like he's there. I saw a lot of the athletes, you know, a lot of people comment on his fight, you know, and, and they're on Twitter. And I saw a basketball player, Damian Lillard, who's a very famous basketball player said it didn't feel like it was the same old Connor and that he was too nice. There, there's no, there's no fire. Do you subscribe to that? Like, I know you said Habib kind of sometimes, you know, it, it brings out the worst in him and, and, and that's maybe too far on the spectrum, but do you feel like the old Connor has to come back? The Aldo poking the bear, Connor. That guy needs to come back in order to be at his best. You know, it's funny. This was all the. Uh, you know, we both got our DMs flooded with uh, people upset with your um, not putting out my <laughs> game plan. And in the lead up to the Cerrone fight, I had every psychologist on planet Earth warning me that he is messing up. You know, he this Connor needs to be that guy and. The fact he's shaking Cerrone's hand and being nice at the interviews, be nice at the press conference, nice at the weigh-ins. Everybody was warning me, you know, and if you went in and lost to Cerrone, this is what they'd be saying. We warned you. He's got to be that guy. You went in and smoked him in 40 seconds. Um, it didn't go away this time. So, of course, everybody's prediction is now correct. If that left hand that wobbled him had dropped him in the first, we'd all be saying, oh, I guess... I guess he doesn't need to do that. So, no, I Connor can certainly hit that switch. He's, as we see, as he's said many times, he's massively um, respectful of Dustin and appreciative of the skill level. But he wanted to take his head off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was no doubt about that. He wasn't pulling any punches in the cage. Um, got some nice, those nice shoulder shots. Actually, Dustin was, was doing his own little shoulder shots as well, which is quite funny. Um so no, I, I don't I don't subscribe to that at all. I do think it's important for some to have that attitude, but 
Connor is such a veteran of the game, and he's he, he can he can turn it on and off like a light switch at this stage. To be honest. Um, finally, if, if I could ask you, you mentioned you know Connor loses very well, and and obviously we're not talking about the actual fight itself. It's how he handles the fight. I was getting deja vu watching him at the press conference. It reminded me very much of 2016 and Diaz. And of course that led to the great rematch and maybe his best performance ever against Eddie Alvarez. So we'll see what this translates into. Was Connor always like this or is this like, can you learn to be like this or is just some, something in you? Like, do you remember old Connor when he would get roughed up in the gym or the Joe Duffy fight? Did he not react to fights this way or losses or setbacks this way? Or is this, uh, something that's always been a part of who he is. Yeah, no, it was learned. And I, I, I have a, a couple of kind of speeches that I, I sort of have at the ready. And I, I travel around, you know, kids' schools in Ireland, um, talking to kids about motivation and hard work and, and so on. But that is one I talk about. I say I train the best losers in the world. And I talk about when I compare. And it's why I, I keep on harping about the Diaz 2 fight, why it's so important to me. And it's because of this story that can be passed on to next generation. I'll be telling my, my son about this. And if I compare when Connor lost to, um, um, I don't really remember the Duffy exactly how he reacted to that, but I do remember there was one, um, is it Sidnikov? I'm mm-hmm. kind of a Russian name fighter. He got submitted quite quickly. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was actually the first fight where he had brought all his family and, friends and he was getting this reputation in Dublin as being the you know the hardest guy around and then this very tiny little Russian guy submitted him quite quickly and he disappeared on me um he disappeared on me for for months after that and the little fecker had disappeared with some of my ticket money as well so he was gone (laughs) so he was he fell off he fell off the map for uh for quite a while and that's when that's when Mags that's when his mom contacted me to say can you get this guy back in the gym and, um, you know, and here we are. Um, so I would say to anybody out there, yes, you're and, and when I when I talk about fighters, I, I think it's applicable to everything. But when I get down to the nuts and bolts of it with fighters, they're never worried about injury. You know, they're crazy, crazy young guys that they're going to live forever. They're only ever worried about um, being embarrassed, you know, looking bad in front of girlfriend, family, whatever. And it's about understanding. And that's why in the gym, I try to create this environment where it's very safe to fail, that it's that we know that when the contest is over, whether you win or lose, you are going to be still loved by the people that matter to you. You're going to the people that know you, your teammates have seen you train for this fight. They will know that you did all that you could and you will live with it very comfortably even. Um, I think that's the overriding message with with mixed martial arts competition is is to not be paralyzed by the fear of failure that you are going to have losses it's a little it's even somewhat different to the to the pro boxing game in 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 terms of we kind of know it's almost like a, a wink and a nudge amongst that that world that you're going to probably get to 10 and 0 15 and 0 if you have mm-hmm. a good manager and, you know, you're a bit of a prospect. And then by the time you get to 18, 19, even 20, you know, then you have your test. Mm-hmm. And the, the commentators almost almost kind of say that, you know, okay, here's his first test. And he's 20, you know, try to do that in MMA. <laughs> you're not getting to 20, you know, in MMA. And, and very few have done that. Um, so it's, it's, it's a lot more, we're a lot more accepting of it. We expect people to 
to slip and fall and trip and 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 have mistakes and and we love the comeback story. We love the Diaz one, the Diaz two versus Diaz one. Dustin doing it to us, you know, losing so devastatingly um, a couple of years ago. Um, you know, very, very one-sided contest. And then he comes back and he figures out a technique and he goes in with his game plan. He gets the one over us and the lads backstage meet and shake hands and have a bit of, you know, a bit of it like, hey, that's 1-1 one, one now. Don't go running on me. That's the beauty of this. That's that's what keeps me involved in this. That's why I enjoy it so much. And that, that's the world that I keep myself in mentally, in that circle of people that respect each other and understand and are not, um, don't fall apart over the idea of, let's say they let's say they do the rematch for the belt. When they're and Artem used to say this actually, when the crowd's watching the two fighters walking into the cage, it's not like they overly think about oh well he's had a few losses. It's, that's not you're in that moment of like oh my god this is going to be great what's going to happen in this fight, and um, Dustin's had his couple of losses, Connor's had his couple of losses. That's the sport, you know. If you keep testing yourself at the highest level. That's what's going to happen. John, I appreciate it very much. Always look forward to these chats before the fights, after the fights, regardless of what happens in a weird way. Sometimes the ones after the losses are even more fascinating to see the way in which you guys uh, handle it. And I think you actually gain new fans after the losses, even more so than after the wins. Because as you said, people always like a comeback story, a reclamation project. So it's, it's all very reminiscent of uh, March of 2016. I look forward to the comeback. I appreciate the time. Enjoy your time over there in uh, UAE. And, and, and thank you as always for making a little bit of time for me and for showing up each and every time. Thank you very much for having me on as always. All right. So that was my conversation with John Kavanaugh. Going to be a very interesting next few weeks for Conor McGregor. We'll see if he's able to convince the UFC to give him the Poirier fight, just like he was able to convince them to give him the Nate Diaz rematch back in 2016. A lot of similarities between how that whole five-month stretch went for him and, and perhaps how the future goes for Conor as well and the future for Dustin and Michael Chandler will be very interesting to monitor as well. Uh, the UFC is off this weekend. Rare off weekend, but back with a slew of shows coming up the following weekend, Super Bowl weekend, to be exact. For now, a reminder, please uh, download, rate, review, subscribe, do all the things that you usually do. I appreciate your support very much. I'll be back on Wednesday for a new Helwani show, so stay tuned for that. Back next week, same time and place. Until then, I say peace. I'm out of here.